G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. Because we've got a special guest on the line. Certainly a lot happening in Greyhound Racing as well as the other jurisdictions in Tasmania. And I know it's been a bit of a hectic week for a lot of people down in Tasmania. It'll be interesting to get an insight as to how that's affected the trading ranks in the Greyhound game. Blake Purcell will join us on the line. Of course, we're not only on SEN Hobart, not only just on SEN Hobart, but also on SEN Track Northern Tasmania. And of course, those from SEN Track WA joining us for the first time or rejoining us for the first time at a about an hour as well after the Peter Vlahos program. But a lot happening in Greyhound Racing. Certainly got the Hobart 1,000 to look forward to. A lot happening in Devonport as well. We're joined by Blake Purcell, a notable Greyhound trainer down in Tassie. Blake, welcome. G'day, guys. How are you doing? You're not too bad. Thanks for giving up your time, particularly late at night. I know you've got to get up early to work the dogs tomorrow morning. But just before we head to some of your chances going forward... How has the lockdown, particularly over the last week in southern Tasmania, I'm not sure, it does filter through to the northern part of Tasmania as well. So particularly when a state like Tasmania hasn't been overly affected for the most part over the last couple of years by coronavirus restrictions, when you have that rare case of a lockdown, does it affect the operation and the way you go about things or has it been pretty much stock standard? Uh, It does a little bit. Um, We've been very lucky here. We haven't had any lockdowns, and it's sort of the first lockdown that we've had since the middle of last year. So it's a bit bit different for us, but we're very lucky that we aren't in the situation Melbourne is. But, yeah, it did, did change things up for us. Um, if you're in the south of the state, we couldn't trial Saturday. And uh, if you had dogs in Monday night, we couldn't race Monday night up in Launceston. So, yeah, it was a bit different. Yeah, I can imagine. Although, I suppose if it's only for a few days, at least it's sort of a novelty more than anything else. Let's discuss all the greyhounds that are running tomorrow in Hobart. Uh, race six, number one, Aston Barago is going around. What can you tell us about this dog? Obviously, securing the good draw as well. The inside draw will help immensely. Yeah, she's a um, lovely little, little bitch that she's having her third start for us in the state. And her first two runs were really good. Um, last start, she won very impressively and ran 25.80. So um, a repeat of that effort should say a very hard to beat. And, and the draw helps her, so um, she's a really good chance. Yeah, absolutely. you got uh, in race number seven, Sprint Gordon going around. you got a couple of representatives in race seven, in fact, with Green Machine as well. I mean, coming in the middle of the draw as well in the boxes, Green Machine would be an interesting one as they go head-to-head potentially. Who do you think is the better of the chances in race seven from your kennel? Uh, it's, it's a tough race. Um, they're both both really good dogs. Sprint Gordon and a wonderful doggies. He made last year's Hobart Thousand, Launceston Cup, and and Devonport Cup. Um, but he's getting on a bit in age. But it's it's a great race. That I think whichever one of them begins better will be the one that's got the better chance. But I sort of lead lean to Sprint Gordon because he's just a classic old old workhorse that knows how to get the job done. The owner's name Green Machine after Danny Green, by the way. Uh, I'm not sure to be honest. We bought him when he was after he'd had a few starts. But, yeah, I, th- I think he was named after that. <laughs> oh, brilliant. I love that. Uh, race eight, number four, Pages Creek going around towards the back end of the night. Is it a decent chance? Yeah, he's got a, a rough chance in that race. He's, he's not that quick early, but he's very strong. He's a really good 600-metre dog. Um, so he's back racing over, over the 460. But his last few runs have been really good, and he's a last start winner at Launceston over the 515. So he's a, a nice place chance in that race. Blake, how's the kennel going generally? Um, 
happy with the amount of dogs you've got in work and, and, and racing at the moment, or would you like a few more coming through the door? Um, no, things are going really well at the moment. Um, we've been lucky the last sort of 12 months. We've had a really good flow of dogs and, and had some nice dogs come through. So we always stay pretty full. And, and yeah, the, the dogs we've got at the moment are some pretty good stock. So happy with their everything set up. Sensational. Uh, just in relation to All About Monty, I want to discuss this dog as well. Going around in race four from box three, uh, it'll be an interesting one. Of course, over $2,000 worth of prize money for the winner here. What are your thoughts on All About Monty? Yeah, I think he's probably my best chance for the night. Um, he sort of drops back into class from what he's been racing, so um, dropping back into the fourth and fifth grade company suits him. Um, he should. He looks the leader on paper and He's not the not the strongest dog, but he should be in front for a long way. Blake, I just want you to give our listeners who who may not know as much. You know, you ordinarily on on this program of a Wednesday, we we focus a lot on the Launceston Gallops. What does a morning uh, look like for a greyhound trainer? What sort of work do you do? You put the regime, do you put the dogs through, and um, you know, how long do you spend in the in the morning with the dogs? Because a lot of a lot of greyhound trainers are. As sort of part timers who do it early in the morning and go off to work, but what does it look like for you on a on a busy morning uh, on the training track? Yeah, so we we start every morning at seven o'clock, um, get up, put all the dogs out, and and give them you know thirty forty five minutes out in the yard just to spend some time outside of a morning while we clean up the kennels and fix up their beds, and then we start free running them. So we've got hundred meter sand track here where they run every day. Um, that takes us about an hour and a half, and then. Once we've ran all the dogs, we, we put them away and, and let them settle for an hour or so, and then, then they go back out again, and then they come in and, and be fed. So we usually start about 7 and, and finish up in the morning about 11 and then uh, head back down about 1 o'clock to let them out again. Just on all about Monty, I just wanted to dissect that chance because you rate it as your best chance potentially of uh, tomorrow's meeting. T- of course, the son of Barcia Bale, very talented, did check out of his race almost immediately last week on this track. I mean... Is it a bit of a forgive run, I sense, because the four prior to that rub was pretty good. And uh, I think two starts back, very, very good time registered. What went wrong last week in that sense? And was it just an aberration? Yeah, it was just a, one of them runs, as you said, you can sort of forget. He, he hasn't raced over the 460, so he hasn't been over them boxes for a fair while. So um, he just missed the kick a little bit and was trying to get to the fence. And when he started to make his run up the fence, he got chopped off. So to me, it was just one of them runs I can forget and and look to the next week because he's in a much better field this week. All right, fair enough. And also you've got another runner in Aston Casey. What can you tell us about this dog? Yeah, she was really impressive winning her maiden two starts back. Um, Last week she had no luck at all from out in box eight. As she was about to go to the front, she was severely checked. So um, it's a tough race, that one. Sassy Galaxy looks very hard to beat. and um, Hoping she can run a nice place in that race. Just in general, I mean, you're a participant in the industry itself, and I know JJ spoke about how you run your individual operation and what's involved. What are your thoughts on the status of the greyhound racing industry at Hobart? You look across to Victoria, and I know people in New South Wales really like what's happening in Victoria in terms of setting up big races and boosting the prize money, etc. Just in the Apple aisle, what are your thoughts on the way the industry's progressing there as a participant? Yeah, well... I think we're starting to head in the right direction. Um, prize money's going up and the welfare's always been good here. So that's always a positive. And yeah, I think we are heading in the right direction. It's probably taken a while to get there, but we are in the right direction now and, and things are moving forward, which is what we want to see. So 
yeah, I think at the moment things are in pretty good stead here. And I should ask Blake as well. I mean, I've heard of a lot of greyhound racing traders in particular who juggle trading duties with a profession outside of the industry, or you often hear of stories as well where a number of trainers have worked in an industry previously completely separated from racing and I guess have found the desire to go full tilt in terms of greyhound racing. What's your story in that sense? Are you someone who has a background in a different industry or has greyhound racing always been an intrinsic part of your life? Yeah, well, um, my dad started training dogs. He used to train horses, Brendan Purcell. Yes. Um, he trains dogs in Melbourne now. Um, he tra- started training dogs when I think I was about 13 or 14. And and then I went and started in the building industry, building houses. And after about four years, I had enough of that. And <laughs> I thought I, I, had a, I had two or three dogs at the end of my building time. And I thought, I reckon I can have a good crack with these dogs. And, and the last four years, I've been doing it full time. And, and it's probably the best decision I've ever made. So you'll never think about going back to building? It'll always be <laughs> greyhound racing from this point? Yeah, I, th- I think so. Um, it's just once it's in, in your blood, you can't get rid of it. And just um, be- every morning, it's, it's brilliant. You walk down the kennels, you've got, you got 19 happy dogs there that are that excited to see you. And, you know, what more do you want every day? Oh, absolutely. Just before I let you go, Blake, you mentioned your father's influence. And what's the best piece of advice he's ever given you in terms of being in the training ranks? Well, that's a hard question. Um, best piece of advice. <laughs> yeah, um, he's probably probably keep everything the same. If even if you're having a bad run, keep things the same because it's worked for you at the start. So don't change it because whatever you do works and and stick with it. Oh, good stuff, uh, Blake. Really appreciate your time. All the best for your dogs going around tomorrow in Hobart. Have a good one. Thanks, guys. Thank you very much. Blake Purcell joining us there, Greyhound trainer, who's got a fair representation at Hobart tomorrow. Six runners to look forward to.